Hello, everyone, and welcome back for episode four of To Shade the Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Tally. Special shout out to our faithful week-by-week listeners. Thank you for tuning in as always. We got a lot on the agenda today, so let's get going. Buckle in, baby. It's time for our weekend recap. You, you were out of town. What'd you do this weekend, Tally? Give us the play-by-play. Yes. Yes! Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what you said. You literally said, yes. (laughs) Yes, queen. Yes, I was out of town this weekend. I actually went to Austin to visit my brother and his girlfriend. Oh, cute. That's so fun. So my brother moved to Austin a couple years ago. Him and one of his best friends actually started a food truck called Texami. Ooh. Yeah. So if you're in Austin, check out his food truck, Best Burgers in ATX, baby. I will stand by that. Can you spell that for the listeners and me? Yes. T-E-X-A-M-I. They have Tex-Mex classics with some, you know, some special spins. So really great food. But him and his girlfriend just moved in together. Oh. They've been together for a couple years now. Congratulations. I know. It's always so fun to move in with your significant other. So it's so cute to see them kind of get their place ready to go and just was excited to visit them. But we bopped around Austin. We had really good food. The first day I got there, I actually went to a really fun outdoor bar with one of my best girlfriends who I've actually known since I was in sixth grade. So we've been friends for 17 years. Oh my God, sixth grade was 17 years ago. I'm like aging myself so much. We're just... We're just mid 20 somethings. Let's not even talk about our age. (laughs) Okay, late Late 20 20 somethings. Yeah. I'm not good at the neighborhoods in Austin. So, but where did you bop around the most? My brother lives kind of southwest Austin. So, we spent a lot of time there. My girlfriend lives kind of south Austin as well. Really great vibes, food trucks, really great drinks. Was your brother's food truck there? No, No. his his food truck's not there. But I wanted to spend some time with my friend before, you know, I was with the fam all weekend. True. And so I go to this, we go to this place. It's called Cosmic. Really oh. fun place That's to go. Fun in. name, Space Vibes. Yeah, it, it's a great, great spot. I've actually been a few times. Okay. We're standing in line. Party girl. <laughs> I'm just getting a matcha. We are just chatting away. And these two guys are standing in front of us. Mm-hmm. And they turn around and they start talking to us. At first, we were being kind to them. We were They were asking us a bunch of questions. We didn't want to be rude or whatever, ignore yeah. them. And then they started to get a little bit weird. Started mm. saying some like really crazy, radical things. They always go downhill quick. It always, why does it go, happen yeah. so fast? People why does it happen? suck. People do suck. Yeah. This one guy starts talking about like how he's famous and all these things, which by the he way. for what? I mean, who knows? We didn't ask because he's lying. One of the guys was wearing sunglasses that had a lens missing from it. And the other guy was wearing chacos, and I guess his feet got hot. So he was he removed the socks he was wearing with his chacos, and instead of like putting them in his pocket, he tied the socks to his chacos. So they're flapping around on his chacos. <laughs> That's literally rock bottom. No, I Ew, was like, why was he wearing? So anyway, we get our drinks, we go sit down. Mm-hmm. These guys find us again. You're joking. I'm not confrontational. So no, you're like. Not. I know, not at all. Like we've established it. Like you'll push someone through the the crowd at a bar. Yeah. I will apologize to someone for pushing me. Yeah. And so, like, I'm gonna kind of keep engaging with someone who does these things. Oh. 
And then finally, thank God for my girlfriend, she turns to them and she was like, are you going to leave or should we leave? Oh, I love that energy. I know. And I was like, oh my gosh, Sheila, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. And then they got they got angry. They always get butt hurt. Like I'm I'm like you guys are you not getting the hint here? Yeah. Like, they were so abrasive. Ew. They were so abrasive. So anyway, don't be those guys. Don't be those guys. Like how would you handle the situation if you were in it? I'm. <laughs> if they were talking to me in line and I didn't want to talk to them, I would either just completely turn around and ignore them, or I've many a times been like, I'm so sorry. I'm really not trying to engage in this conversation. Okay, that's a good way to handle it. Yeah. Also, you look nice. That's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. Okay, well, you, uh, you actually don't look nice. <laughs> but I was just trying to be nice on the podcast. Okay, so Great you, weekend, though, in Austin. Was Co- Cosmo was Saturday. Yes. We went then, out to dinner later that night with my family. Ordered voodoo donuts. Oh, my God. I love voodoo donuts. It's so good. I we love ordered, donuts. And I know, me too. Yeah. They deliver late night, so that was great. That's I'm awesome. always talking about desserts on the podcast. What's your fave voodoo donut flavor? I got the raspberry Romeo. Okay. Okay, I also got five others, but we don't have mm-hmm. to talk about that. We played Mario, and we watched uncut scenes from The Office. <laughs> it was like my perfect night. Oh, yeah. That sounds like the perfect night. Yeah. How was your weekend? Tell me about it. In a shocking turn of events, I actually had an extremely relaxing weekend. I did... I don't believe you. Absolutely nothing. Friday, I started my binge of The Last of Us on HBO Max, which we'll get into later. Cannot wait to review that with you. And then, honestly, just relaxed for the rest of the weekend. On Saturday... Okay, I do have to tell you about this thing, though. So I went to Juiceland to pick up a smoothie. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm not alone in this thought process, but when you're around middle school, large groups of middle schoolers, do you also get anxiety or stress you know when you see like a meme or tweet being saying oh my god nothing is more stressful than being at the mall and walking around a group of middle schoolers is that am i alone do you, do you have any wait idea what why I'm does about? that stress you out so much <laughs> there i walk into juice land with with my airpods in listening to some song and there are just like 20 middle school boys and girls in this juice land and i'm like Everyone looks so cool. I'm like, <laughs> these seventh graders are like, who the heck is this loser walking in alone with his AirPods and like a hoodie on? Like, they probably think I'm 45 years old. And I just was like trying to be like, ooh, I'm so cool, guys, getting my my smoothie. Do you? So you do not feel that I same way? I don't feel this. I do not feel this with children. Okay, please. <laughs> okay, middle schoolers are different than children. Okay, that's this another beast. Also turned my music off when I walked in because I wanted to know what they were all talking about. You were eavesdropping on middle schoolers' conversations. I was, what do you think they're talking about? Okay, so basically all these boys were talking about how this one guy, Cody, in the group, they were like, yo, Cody just hearted Sarah's response and he doesn't know what to say. And it was so funny because I was like, in 20 years, you will be having the same exact conversation. So true. So true. <laughs> you and I literally had that conversation a couple of days ago. Actually. And I'm like, wow, truly nothing ever changes. That makes me really sad. Yeah, I kind of like, it made me feel like young and fun though. But also Cody, you probably should have replied to Sarah. Yeah, they were, they were roasting that boy. But you know, ooh, you know what? Cody probably needs to work on his riz. Yeah, he does. There we go, Don't baby. Don't just orbit Sarah, Cody. True. It's also wild that they all had iPhones. When did you get your first iPhone? Okay. Out the womb? <laughs> okay, first of all, did we not already establish that we're late 20-somethings? Okay, so when did you get your first iPhone? Um, 
I got my first phone in seventh grade, yes. but it was like a razor, a pink razor or something. Yeah. You you give such pink razor vibes. Okay. So what does that mean? It's a compliment. Okay. All the cool girls had pink razors. Thanks, cutie. What was your first phone? I had a Crazer. What's a Crazer? It was a smaller razor, like the mini version of the razor. Oh, wait. Why did you get that one and not the normal version? Was the Crazer cooler? I don't know. I wasn't parents. that cool after my all. My parents bought the phone. I got it for my bar mitzvah. Oh, wow. Woo! 13. Yeah. And then I had the Envy Touch. And then I had an iPhone. When did you get your iPhone? Junior year. That's probably when I got it too. The days when you had like you had a limit on how many texts you could send, and I would blow through that limit every single time. I always think about that. Isn't that crazy? Dude, I, they I, don't have that anymore. Well, because I, I message, I guess it's it doesn't even count. Yeah, that's crazy. Did you ever go through your minutes? I was never a big. You were a texter. Yeah, I was a huge. Contrary to now, I was a huge texter in middle school. I got the Wondershausen from Juiceland. Would suggest. But on Sunday, I just, I got a haircut at Bishop Arts. I love that area. Hair looks great. Thank you. And then finished watching The Last of Us. And that was my whole weekend. And I slept so much Thursday through Monday that I feel so refreshed. I you got, look refreshed. I literally got 15 hours of sleep on Thursday. Oh my goodness. Remember when I messaged you and I was like, I literally just woke up from 13 hours. Yeah, you were like, what did you say? You text me, you go, I feel so good. And I said, is it because you just slept 13 hours or something? You literally texted me at like 9 p.m. and I was asleep. And then you texted me at 8 a.m. And you were still asleep. Yeah. You fell asleep after me and woke up before me. I knew you had gone to sleep because I texted you and you were on Do Not Disturb. I, I popped that melatonin on Thursday night and I was like, good night world. Yeah. You're like, edited the pod all week. My <laughs> duties are done. No, literally. I was like, podcast episode about to be blasted out. Good night, nurse. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did nothing this weekend other than that. And I feel so refreshed. Sounds no- like a lovely weekend. Much better than two men in chacos and socks. Yeah, I wasn't out here getting into fights and Cosmo in Austin. And straight up brawls in the middle of Austin. Yeah, I, I think I saw someone post about you on TMZ or something. Buck wild girl at South by Southwest <laughs> starts fight with two men at Cosmo. <laughs> so, moving into our of the week segment, it sounds like David may have to right some wrongs from the last episode. David, can you please clarify something from the DNA segment from last week that you wanted to clarify? Thank you, Tally. I'm here with an edit from our DNA story from last week. Shout out to Gabs for bringing this to my attention. I want to start out by March is Women's History Month, for those who didn't know. Thank you, Gabs, for fact-checking us. So especially every month, but especially because it's Women's History Month, I want to shout out that in our story from last week, we all know the scene, James Watson, Francis Crick, they are awarded as the discoverers of the DNA double helix. Remember, they walked into the pub, they declared we have the secret of life. However, I am here to give Dr. Rosalind Franklin her flowers, who is not credited for also assisting in the discovery of DNA. In my research, it finds out that she actually is often left out of all publications. 
the Nobel Prize, everything related to DNA, but without Dr. Rosalind Franklin's discoveries, Watson and Crick would not have been able to discover the DNA, double helix. So, I cannot believe she gets left off. Isn't it so sad? It was weird, though. It's after you told me this, I obviously did a little bit of yeah. Googling. And I noticed that some publications cite her as like the first, as number one on the list. Completely. And there's books with her being, yes. like, being cited. And- yeah. No, I mean, poo poo on historychannel.com. For not mentioning Dr. Rosalind Franklin. Seriously. Also, when you hear the story, you're about to be even more upset about it. So to give a bunch of background information, Dr. Franklin proved the structure by dedicating more than 100 hours of photographic exposure to different forms of viruses and DNA. Once again, I'm not a scientist. So from my level... She was taking a bunch of pictures, and from those photos, she worked on mathematical computations with that data to confirm the double helix structure of DNA. I'm going to be straight up. I do not know what that means, (laughs) but it sounds damn impressive. Yeah. So she is the one that discovered that DNA exists in two different forms, and she took the photo that captured the proof that James Watson and Francis Crick were able to use to confirm their discovery. So anywhere in these articles does it say why people leave her out? So essentially, I mean, it was the early 50s, late 40s when everything was going on. She had a history of struggles in different laboratories because men just did not take female scientists back then seriously. Hate to hear it. And what you hate even more to hear is that in 1958, the year that Watson and Crick discovered it, she died at age 37 due to ovarian cancer. That's so terrible. They accepted the Nobel Prize in 1962 without any mention of Dr. Franklin. And she was also working on fighting the polio virus. Like, she was doing that research with ovarian cancer up until her last day. Wow. That's absolutely crazy. She sounds like an amazing woman, and I just want to give Dr. Rosalind Franklin her flowers and say, without her, we would have not discovered DNA. We would not have all of its wonderful benefits about the structure of DNA. So, Dr. Rosalind Franklin, if you're up there listening to us, thank you for everything. And in honor of Women's History Month, I suggest everyone to give her a quick Google search and learn more about her amazing life and discoveries. Oh, David, that was so nice. Thank you for writing that wrong. Yes. Thank and you. happy Women's History Month to everyone. Happy Women's History Month, Tally. You know, I actually referenced the year DNA was discovered recently in conversation. Shut up. I'm not kidding. Oh my God. So thank you very much for enlightening us with this segment. Did you feel so smart when you did it? I did. Good. Now that we've righted that wrong, gave her her flowers. What do you have for us, Tally? Narcissism. Excuse me? <laughs> I have a name. narcissism we all know one or two narcissists do you know any david i've dated a couple what about you tally haven't we all haven't we all (laughs) because we love words so much on this podcast love them it got me thinking about where some of these words we use so frequently like narcissist originate from Hmm. and i actually discovered that a lot of our words originate from greek mythology I love Greek mythology. Isn't it so interesting? Did you take like a class in college or anything? Like what 
make, makes you interested in Greek mythology. I feel like I read a lot of it in high school. There was always a lot of mythology and those were always my favorite units mm-hmm. in our English classes. But also about a year ago, I read The Song of Achilles, which is a great book, obviously related to Greek mythology, but then that kind of reignited my interest and reminded me how cool those stories were. Oh, interesting. I, lo- I love that you did that. Quick book plug. But yeah. I'll talk about Achilles later. Love actually, that. in this segment. Do you know anything about the origination of the word narcissist? Zero. The story of Narcissus. Mm-hmm. He was born, and his mother was warned one day that her son would live a long life as long as he never knows himself. Wow, that's deep. So as he reached his teenage years, the handsome youth never found anyone that could pull on his heartstrings. At least no one that he found more beautiful than himself. Why is the story kind of relatable? (laughs) (laughs) So he left in his wake a long trail of distressed and brokenhearted maidens. And one or two young men fell by the wayside too. Then, one day, he chanced to see his own reflection in a pool of water in a stream nearby. Okay, Mulan. And thus discovered the ultimate and unrequited love. And he fell in love with himself. Naturally, this one-way relationship went nowhere. And Narcissus was unable to draw himself away. Finally, because he could not stop looking at his reflection, he actually died of thirst and starvation. (laughs) So, (laughs) kind of a sad story, but it's a good tale for all of you narcissists out there. Why did you just make eye contact (laughs) with me when you said that? (laughs) After I read this story, I was curious how many people in the population are actually like narcissists. And I saw around 1 in 200 people are considered to be narcissists. That's crazy that we know all of them, too. (laughs) That's like a big 1 in 200. Actually, a ton of words that we just use on the day-to-day originated from Greek mythology. It's very interesting. A lot of phrases as well that people use originate from Greek mythology. But I just don't think you even realize that you're saying these things, you know? So one is Achilles heel. Mm. So, you know, your weakness. Mm Mm-hmm. Another one that I think is not as commonly used, but definitely something that I've heard before is having the Midas touch. So just having good fortune in everything that you do. Yes. Have you heard that one? Yeah. And then, of course, the classic when you open Pandora's box. Oh, people love that one. Oh, that's a that's a very commonly used one. So to do or to start something that will cause many unforeseen problems. We've all opened up Pandora's box once or twice in our lives. On the daily. Absolutely. Yeah, that's all I have for you. Greek mythology rocks. Greek mythology rocks, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Speaking of donuts. Oh, yum. Show me the money. What do you have for us this week? Show me the money. Well, in exciting restaurant news, McDonald's expands Krispy Kreme test to more Kentucky locations, which is interesting because I didn't even know they started this test, but why just Kentucky? I don't know, but let's dive into it. So McDonald's will sell Krispy Kreme, so not any donuts, Krispy Kreme donuts at approximately 160 Kentucky locations starting next month for a limited time. It's an expansion of the fast food giant's initial test with the sweet treats. You love a sweet treat. I sure do. In October, nine McDonald's restaurants in Louisville started selling Krispy Kreme donuts. 
the larger test is meant to assess customer demand and to understand how a larger scale launch would affect restaurant operations. So it was interesting because I was reading that Krispy Kreme is really focused on having fresh donuts as a part of their brand. You know, they have the red light on. Do you frequent Krispy Kreme locations? I've been once or twice. You know how they have the light that turns red for when they're fresh? Yes. So as a part of their brand, they never want you to eat a non-fresh Krispy Kreme donut. Even if they're selling it in a grocery store, it's X miles away from the Krispy Kreme restaurant that produces it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know this was a big thing of their brand. So them expanding to McDonald's is a semi-stressful situation for the Krispy Kreme CEO, as he was saying, because they never want their brand proposition of freshness to be ruined and Mm. i love mcdonald's i'm not afraid to say that but i I love mcdonald's would not say that mcdonald's brand proposition is freshness yes but their their the regulation of their quality Mm. is so standard across the board that's true it would not surprise me if they were able to regulate the freshness of the Krispy Kreme donuts as well like no matter what McDonald's you go into you're gonna have the exact same experience yeah all of the food is going to be exactly what you want it to be completely and so I don't know why they couldn't replicate that with Krispy Kreme products as well and it does kind of make sense because I mean I would definitely go to Krispy Kreme alone to get a donut but if I'm getting a burger and some fries and then I saw that they had a fresh Krispy Kreme donut that I could add on to my meal. Other than me feeling like I'm going to break out in two <laughs> seconds. Um, Count well. me in. Okay, but question. Yeah. Is there no... Wor- I mean, obviously the McDonald's apple pie is iconic. Yeah. Aren't they worried about that kind of competing with the sales of their apple pies? Interesting note. The burger chain has also been leaning into coffee, which I love. McDonald's iced coffee. Oh, it's the best. And in their thought process, a donut is a common pairing with coffee. So they're thinking that more people will get an iced coffee in a donut versus, well, or hot coffee. You know, I'm, I'm ex- accepting everyone at this point. Of course. But in McDonald's mind, maybe they're saying most people wouldn't get iced coffee in an apple pie. So mm-hmm. it's not cannibalizing from that aspect. Because you're getting an apple pie with like a burger. And now that I think about it, maybe a donut with a burger is a little aggressive. <laughs> Whereas an apple pie with a coffee is a little aggressive. Right. But a coffee with a donut is not as aggressive. The idea of a donut being your breakfast is a little bit disconcerting. Like I would crash so hard if I ate a donut at 9 a.m. With a vanilla iced coffee from McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, what did you eat for breakfast growing up? Probably, like, eggs. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) I had toaster strudel growing up with icing. Oh, Um, my gosh. Toaster strudels slapped. Yeah, I have a funny story to tell you about that later. But Tell me now. No, I'll tell you later. Okay. (laughs) But in that thought process, a toaster strudel for breakfast is exactly the same. Like, I was basically having a donut before school. That's true. But the raspberry toaster strudels were the best. So good. Okay, so do they have a breadth of flavors of Krispy Kreme. I think I saw that they maybe were doing a raspberry filled one. I'm not going to lie. That's my kryptonite right there. 
You're, you're not a classic glazed girl? No, I am a raspberry filled donut gal. They have their whole range here. Raspberry filled, chocolate cream, classic glazed. So you can really get any donut you want. They saw, McDonald's saw US traffic increase in the second half of last year because it was, you know, a cheap meal. Mm -hmm. Inflation was going up. Mm -hmm. Other restaurants were struggling. McDonald's killing it. And Krispy Kreme has been able to raise prices without hurting its sales because consumers are willing to splurge on affordable treats such as fresh donuts, which I completely agree with. Same. So I think this is an interesting test. It really is. It's... I'm trying to think if I've walked into a fast food restaurant that has had food come from another vendor before. Nothing comes to the top of mind right away. But I'm interested to see how many people start buying donuts, Krispy Kreme donuts at McDonald's. Me too. The upsell opportunity here is going to be very interesting. I think my biggest question is, does that mean McDonald's will now be giving away the infamous little Krispy Kreme hats that you can get at all the restaurants. Do you know what I'm talking about? I used to love those. Of course. I hope so. We should get those and wear those on the podcast. Yeah, we should. Do we have Krispy Kreme near us? There's one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I knew you would know. No, I do know. It's on uh, Greenville and Lovers. It's next to Central Market and they Uh, have a drive-thru. I will. I will be hitting that up this weekend. I hope you do. Show me the money, baby. Show me... The donut. Ayo. Just a warning that we do have spoilers for The Last of Us in this upcoming section. So if you do not want any spoilers, skip to minute 4840. So you guys have heard us talk about the list. The list of shows that is just a compilation of things people have recommended for you to watch that you never end up actually watching. Well, David added The Last of Us to his list and he actually watched it. And so I'm yay excited. For me. Yay for you. I'm excited to hear what you think because The Last of Us is so good. So good. Oh my God. I watched eight episodes this weekend. So that's probably over nine hours and I wouldn't have spent it any other way. Absolutely. Do you, do you want to give a one-liner about what it's about? You give the one-liner. You do the honors. (laughs) Um, So for those who don't know, it's basically a pandemic-related show where there is a fungal infection that has spread through everyone in the U.S. And we're watching the journey of those post the fungal infection spreading fight to potentially save the world, to find true love, to live their lives. All of the above. All of the above. Not to be confused with the viral pandemic. Oh, I know. Watching this was giving me major flashbacks at the beginning. Yeah. And I am hesitant about pandemic vibe shows now because I'm like, they we... They hit too close to home. We, li- Although we did not live it on this scale. Yeah, the fungal pandemic aspect is really interesting because we don't... Obviously, it's a show. It's not real. Yeah. But what's real is I don't think we know a ton about... Yeah, did you hear them talking about that? Yeah. It scared me so much. No, me too. Like, it's actually, like, not... doesn't seem like something that's crazy. No, That's, they were, like, far off. They were like, a viral pandemic, that's easy. We have vaccines. We can get out of that. Right. They were like, if we get attacked by a fungus, you're screwed. Yeah. And... We don't know enough about fungus. I know. 
which is like um like do i have to walk around and be afraid of the mushroom on the ground they the cordyceps which is the fungus that is in the show that mm-hmm. attacks everyone um it's it's real it's a yeah. real fungus and apparently if you look on planet earth about the cordyceps it can take over an ant and rearrange its brain to kind of control the ant that's absolutely crazy i wonder how similar ants dna is to ours i assume not very similar it says online that a study of two ant species finding that 20 percent of their genes were unique there was a compelling 33 percent of genes that are shared with humans Ants are extremely social creatures, and their ability to survive depends on their community in a very similar way to humans. Okay, so not that similar. Oh, wait, that's so cute. It is very cute. Ants are cute, but... Okay, there's not a 98% match or anything like that. So hopefully, cordyceps wouldn't take over our brains like it did in the show. Okay, speaking of ants, remember when you literally gaslit me and said there was an ant in my apartment? Okay. (laughs) And it, like, crawled over your Chipotle, and you were like... Ew, I can't believe you have ants. Let me tell you, I've not seen one ant since you left. Do you think the ant came out of the Chipotle? You probably have cordyceps. That's not funny. No, I think the ant came out of the Chipotle. I'm here to slander it. I will burn Chipotle. I will slander Chipotle to the ground before I admit that that ant came from my apartment. Because it didn't. Did you see any others? No, I didn't. And now I'm never eating Chipotle again. So thank you. Okay, good. Because I want you to come back to my apartment, but not be stressed about ants. Okay, I'll do that. Um... Yeah, no. The cordyceps is stressful. I, it's also interesting because they didn't want to use CGI for this show. So all of the individuals that are infected. Oh. You're just going to input the spoiler part at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Um, Everyone who's been infected on the show, it's makeup. It's crazy how they, um the, the hair and makeup and the costumes for the infected... It's crazy. absolutely crazy. You know the sounds that the clickers make? Those are actual humans making those sounds. That's wild. The clickers are so gross. They're so creepy. Yeah. Um, I am in love with Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Mm-hmm. Also, Ellie Ramsey. She's who... No. Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey. Ellie in the show. Yes. She is an amazing actress. She's so good. Like, every episode, I... I'm just like, you're so young and you're so good at acting. Apparently she's from Game of Thrones. So is Pedro. Oh, yes. Pedro and Ellie are, are, Pedro and Bella are both from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, reading some article that was saying there's apparently like a lot of other people. I have only watched Game of Thrones here and there. I've actually never seen it, so. Okay. But yeah, apparently, because like, which really makes sense with all these shows, how Netflix keeps all of their actors. Mm-hmm. HBO Max kind of keeps all of their actors. Yeah. I'd honestly rather have HBO Max love me than Netflix. While I feel like Netflix pushes out quantity, HBO Max pushes out quality. Very accurate. Netflix pushes originals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like hundreds a year. Yeah. But I would say only about one in three are good. Are a banger. Meanwhile, we just got over White Lotus. And yeah. the next show they put out is Last of Us and everyone's obsessed. Ooh, we have to get, we have to circle back to White Lotus and. Oh yeah, what's, what's that guy's name? Frank. Frank. Yeah. Episode three. Okay, you. Episode three. You texted me like 10 times asking me what my opinions were. And I was like, we have to save it for the pod. Yeah. I, so I knew the beginning part because it went viral on Twitter. In every 
romance show or like sad movie where they do the switch up it gets me every time about how the whole episode i was like okay bill is probably gonna die like he's the doomsday prepper like he's the one who didn't expect frank to fall in love like okay this is gonna be so sad when he dies but i'm kind of expecting it they're setting it up and then we pan and all of a sudden we see frank in the wheelchair and i'm i'm like no I didn't even have enough time to like for my heart to recover. I was like, he's going to die. Well, they did a really good job of setting up the scene because a couple scenes before that you have Frank running and Bill can't keep up with him. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm getting older before you. That line broke me. I know. Me too. I was like, oh my God, that is all of the lines in that, in this episode broke me. Every minute of that episode was so perfect perfect it can't even be described but they really did kind of bait and switch you with that because you think that frank is in such better health but you don't realize he has this neuromuscular disorder that they don't talk about it yeah is that what it is a neuromuscular disorder um i mean i would assume i don't really know i mean i'm guessing he doesn't know because who's checking up on him right he did know oh he did he did know and wait when did they say that in the episode they didn't, they said it towards the end. I was probably when, like full in tears already and couldn't even hear. Right. Well, he had known for a while and he said before the pandemic started, they didn't have a cure for it. And so now. Oh, that's what he meant. I kind of, that's what he, I think he was think alluding to. Oh. So he was saying, they're not going to have a cure for it now. Just like, let me go. I've had the most beautiful life with you. You were my purpose. That was his last day. So I was yeah. already crying when he yeah. was like, this is my last day we're just suck it up and that's when my tears started yeah um i will say when he was like you're gonna crush stuff in my wine i was like bill if you don't freaking suicide with him i'm gonna be so pissed yeah because i mean i mean i'm gonna be honest if i was in that situation i'm like i'm going down with you too i'm not gonna live alone one without the love of my life in the middle of this horrible pandemic alone I'm like, whatever, I'd rather go Romeo and Juliet style like yeah. that. Yeah. It, when he like was like, Oh, you put pills in the bottle first, didn't mm-hmm. you? I was like, Yes. I know. Yes. I was like, this is the most beautiful love of all time. No, I know. I'm so happy that they went down together. Um, and then in his note that Ellie read when he was like, Oh, I like died protecting my p- purpose or something like that. Yeah. I know. So it was so beautiful. I could not have, I, I could not say better words about it. When they were singing Long, Long Time on the piano, yes. I was seriously already in tears. But during the first couple minutes of the episode, didn't you think Frank was going to kill him? So, because on Twitter, I already saw the screenshot of them in bed together. Okay, so you knew that. I knew that was going to happen. I honestly thought they were going to be characters for the rest of the show, though. I know. I didn't know that they were... So what do you think is the purpose of that episode to you? Because they, like, set it up and then they killed them. I feel like, in my opinion, it gave a little bit of, like, hope and humanity in the pandemic. Seeing them have this amazing life together, and it was just the two of them living in this secluded and completely isolated town that they created for themselves. It just... I felt hope the entire time. What about you? I completely feel the same way. I think there's a lot of different areas in the show where the directors and producers are good at showing us humanity. Mm -hmm. And I think 
it's so important to remind us that we're not just we're not just watching people kill infected people and move through their day like everyone is still human like love still exists friendship still exists even in the worst of times like you still have a light yeah and i think showing us that like this is going on while everything else in the world is going on kind of reminds us that we're human what are we even fighting for you know exactly they kind of still interwove the Joel and Tess into their story. So there was some connection yeah. to what was going out on outside of this little oasis that they built together. Okay, also in the letter when... Oh, I also was already... I guess I was just crying through this whole episode when they did the flashback of them having lunch with Joel and Tess. Mm-hmm. Like, knowing that Tess was dead already just broke me. And then in the letter... When he's like, protect, protect Tess. Tess. Yeah. I was like, <sighs> I know. I can't do this. I know. It was so sad. That was so hard. Did it make you kind of want to be a doomsday prepper? I was like, oh shit, he's prepared. Yeah. Like maybe he's doing something we don't know. Yeah, he was legit. Yeah. I thought he was the perfect. Um, they were both of those characters were so perfectly cast. Yeah. No, literally, <laughs> right now, if Murray Bartlett came to me, I'd be like, there is a god. Yeah. Okay, side note, though. Should we do an age check on him? Yeah, how old is he? 51. He's Australian? Yeah, I think he has an Australian accent. Oh, my God. He's pretty much David Stream, man. But, so they cast him in this role. Then White Lotus came out. And the directors of Last of Us saw him in White Lotus after already casting him. And they were like, this was the perfect guy for this role. I know. So, okay, interestingly enough... This is based off of a video game, and they told the cast to not play the games because they wanted everyone to be, they wanted the actors to truly understand the script in their own ways and not just replicate. Very interesting. I watched a video on the game. It was a very cinematic game, right? There was a lot of pauses between levels where you would, I mean, it was basically like a mini movie. Like you would- Cut scenes. Yeah. And they tried to replicate those cutscenes as close as possible in this episode i mean in the whole show but if you one of the cast members actually broke the rule to play the game but they found out they were really bad at it if you had to guess which cast member broke the rule to play the game who would you guess ellie no she's she was a little rule follower oh man she seems like a rule breaker yeah okay pedro yeah he played the game but then told the director that he was like really bad at it so he stopped playing wow Pedro, what from what I've heard is that there's tons and tons of similarities. Like you said, a lot of the cutscenes they tried to replicate almost identically because they were really well done. But there were some creative liberties that were taken in some ways, and they did write a lot of new stuff. But the guy who played Joel in the video game, did you know that he was in episode the latest episode, episode eight? Only because I watched the like ending part after the episode, and I was like, wait, that's so cool. Yeah. He was so good. Yeah, he was very good. Okay, what are your thoughts on episode eight? Episode eight was messed up. I'm not going to lie. I really felt Ellie's power there. It was insane. And she just kept going at him, even though he was definitely dead. Good. Yeah. Meanwhile, Joel is just absolutely slaying. No, that was crazy. He killed like seven people. Apparently that interrogation... um, scene was a cut scene in the show too that was such a badass scene where he was like tell point to it where it's on the map and if it's wrong i'm gonna 
if you guys aren't the same, I'm going to kill each other. And then he kills that guy and he's like, I believe him and I'm going to kill you. I'm like, fuck yes. I was like, Joel, yes. No, that was so badass. And then when Joel um, calls Ellie baby girl. I know. She hasn't called anyone since his daughter. Yeah, bringing it back to episode one. That made me cry. Also, I know we're jumping around a lot with the episodes, but episode one. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was actually shocked they killed off the daughter. I screamed. I actually screamed out loud. I know. I mean, I didn't scream, but like I can feel that passion. Yeah. I felt like she was such an impactful character in such a short period of time. She was like the main character. Yeah. She was the one who we woke up with. She was the one who was directing everyone. Yeah. She was our point of view. Yeah. And then she got killed. Really bold move to kill her off. Um, But I think just as an actor, she did a great job of making herself really well known and have an impact. I don't know what I would do in their situation. I'm just being completely honest. Same. I mean... We haven't been through a fungal pandemic that wipes out almost the entire population, so... No. Something that they did note for us to watch out for is that this is the first time that Ellie has killed someone. Like, she shot that guy in the mm-hmm. other episode, but this is the first time with her hands she's killed someone. Turning point. And people said in the video game and moving forward in this show, that's like a huge moment in character development for Ellie. Mm-hmm. You could see it. You could see herself changing when she was killing that cult leader. Mm-hmm. You could see, like, the anger and the, the violence in her eyes. Yeah. You know she's never going to be the same. She was so smart to light it on fire. I would have never made that connection to be like, let's grab a log from this fire and then throw it at the curtain in the corner. I would have not lasted a second. <laughs> no. Not a second. What she has had to endure... Also, when she was on the table and just chops the guy who played Joel in the video game. Oh my god! I was like, that's so badass. Are you I kidding know. me? That was so sick. I was, there's so many. The action in this TV show is primo. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. The game, The Last of Us, is known for banter and music. So we're supposed to be paying really close attention to the songs they use. As well as the banter that they have on their journey. And we love banter here. We do love banter and we love music. They've had good music. They have. If you had to guess, how much do you think each episode would cost to make? 100 million. Wow, the entire season cost 100 million. That's, you like got it right. So apparently, like, this is the most expensive HBO show ever. Wow, more expensive than like House of Dragon and all of those. They had a, approximately a budget of 6 million per episode. And Last of Us has around 10 million per episode like that's crazy to think about each episode costs 10 million dollars to make that's so wild i mean i believe it because i literally feel like i'm in that world i know but a hundred million dollars to produce a tv show oh i can't even imagine i wonder how much hbo max makes on it i don't really get how they make money off of streaming i don't get it either especially because everyone just shares their information with other people yeah i know there are lots of streaming services are cracking down on those things but i have no idea like i can't imagine like how much money do you think goes to fraud so much yeah so much yeah no that i mean they must be making it back because i don't know how it works yeah someone at hbo max hit us up and tell us how it works because in order for them to spend a hundred million dollars on a tv show they have to be making that back somehow it says online that HBO brought in $7.7 billion in, billion in operating revenue from subscriptions. Are so, you serious? 
That's crazy. That 100 million, which is a drop in the bucket. That was just from subscription services? Yes. And then there's also ad opportunities for them to make money from advertising. Do you have the plan with ads or no ads? No ads, baby. Oh, I'm an ads boy. Mm, that's why it took you so long to watch it's all eight episodes this weekend. So dumb. The So I actually am a commercial fan. I think I almost said this during the Super Bowl, but like, I like Hulu commercials because I always need to go to the bathroom so I can go to the bathroom during without having to pause. True. The HBO Max ads, it's just one ad at the end of each episode. Oh, that's not that bad. No. But it's a long ad. Um, It's 15 seconds, so I don't think that I'm being charged... Not that I want them to charge me more, but I don't think the difference is how much they're... Like, it's $9.99 for no ads, $15.99 for ads, even though that's not that much difference, but it's like... For me to sit through one 20-second ad. Okay, I'm downgrading my plan. <laughs> That's what I got from this yeah. podcast episode. And you're adding more ad revenue money in HBO Max's bucket. Yes, I am. Everyone go watch The Last of Us. Hopefully no one listened to this segment and had not seen the show. Because we pretty much just ruined the entire thing for you. Yes, season finale next Sunday. But... They have a season two. Yeah, I think they're for sure doing season two because the game has two parts. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we're just in the middle of it. Like, we're not... What could they do in the next episode? They're, we're going to have a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. Nothing they can do will satisfy me. Like, I need more. Unless they literally bring her to the lab and create a vaccine and everyone is safe. Yeah, if that's the only thing. This ends with ellie or joel dying in part two i'm if either of them die like whatever everyone else in the show can die but if (laughs) tell us how you really feel if they one of them dies i'm going to be so upset i know me too when i thought joel had died in a couple episodes ago i was so upset i was very upset but honestly ellie is so resourceful no, that's crazy when she just, like, got the penicillin and yeah. put it in him. She traded a deer for penicillin. Like, that is a veteran move right there. Also, they literally killed a horse. I know. That was sad. Yeah, and she fell off it. Yeah. She has stunt double for that. I'm like, the damn. Hor- the horse was also, like, <laughs> a stunt double. I saw that, too. I'm like, thank God they I were know. just killing horses out here. Where's PETA? Truly. Yeah. I only have one more comment. And this can get cut out, but I actually just wanted to tell you because I thought it was funny. So you know how Joel makes the Atkins comment in the first episode? No. Oh, when he's talking to the neighbors. Yes. So in the pot in the HBO official podcast, they they keep on telling us to remember things that happened in episode one because they will happen again. Like they told us to focus on the biscuits for some reason. Like that's relevant. Oh, I guess I just answered my question. Anyway. So the Atkins in the biscuit bit is relevant because Joel says that the infection happens through flour and yeah. crops. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they were eating flour, but if you look at the diet that they had for breakfast that morning, they both said no to the biscuits. They both made the Atkins joke. Well, it might be a joke. That is the theory on why Joel and his daughter and Tommy were not infected, but all of the neighbors, which did you see what, do you know what the neighbors' last names were? No. Adler. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't think I remember that. Yeah. But that's why they were all infected because they were just like housing carbs. 
Interesting. Okay, carbs are the devil. <laughs> no, I literally was like eating like a piece of bread during that. And I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have this bagel. It is kind of scary though that this fungal infection spread through the food supply because obviously we talk about our food supply here in the U.S., how things are just kind of like destroyed and they're just mass producing all of these items. Yeah. And things always get, there's always recalls. There's always E. coli outbreaks and mass quantities of food. Like, it's kind of scary. Dude, if kava gets hit, I'm I'm the first one infected. <laughs> I'm literally the first one infected. I will pray for you that kava does not get impacted by this. If you ever see a notification of kava getting cordyceps, getting like listeria or anything, everyone please just send a prayer for me. Because yeah. my body is probably 90% kava. Yeah, it is. In fact, I'm getting kava tomorrow or I'm already planning it. But did you know that we drink cordyceps? It's in medicines. So clearly it doesn't impact our bodies like it does poor little ants. I'm assuming it's like not. It's a really it, small it quantity. Like I'm, we're not scientists, but. Yeah, no one quote us. Well, that's a wrap, David. That's a wrap, baby. I'm going to go prepare for another global pandemic. You know, I'm going to go suck up some cordyceps and see what happens. If you want to hit us up before we get taken over by a fungal infection feel free to find us on instagram at touche the podcast or twitter at touche the pod and where else can you find us tally you can send us an email at touche the podcast at gmail.com we would love to help anyone with any questions they have true i don't know if we are the best but we'll try our best. We probably need more help than you guys do. Yes. So maybe we'll send you guys our questions. Or like send us feedback. If you hear us say something spiral worthy on the pod, be like, are you okay? Yeah. Because the answer is no. I'm going to tell you right now, the answer is no. <laughs> um, also, feel free to check out our TikTok at Touche the Podcast. Honestly, any social media you're on, look up Touche the Podcast and you'll find our beautiful smiling faces there. Yeah, we've, ha- we've got some pretty A1 content out there. A1. A1's for the day ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, peace out. Good night.